0: Welcome to the Trip Friday Night Multimedia Podcast, coming to you from the Super Synnex Studio on Franklin Avenue in the beautiful downtown <laughs> Waco. I'm Chad Conine, along with sports editor Bryce Cherry. Uh, we're back again with another installment of the show as we journey into the fifth week of the season. Yay! Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I've covered five, ga- four games at this point. Going to have two more this week, and so that's six football games that i would have covered by uh what is friday september 25th so Mm -hmm. we'll take it thank god for small miracles right yeah no doubt uh okay so let's dive right into the pound for pound rankings because i want to use that to inform uh some other things we'll talk about today
1: yeah so no changes uh and i'm going to use that as a little bit of uh maybe a criticism against the state rankings, the Texas football rankings, which those guys do a great job of covering the state. That said, I I always thought it strange, uh, when voters, when rankings voters, um, bump a team down Mm -hmm. when they haven't lost or when they've continued to win. And and especially if they've won won impressively Mm -hmm. and, um, where I'll go with that in, in a minute, but uh, so I'll run through my rankings real quick. Okay. They haven't changed. I've still got Martin number one. I've still got La Vega number two, even mm-hmm. after a loss, mm-hmm. but uh, I think La Vega's schedule, you know, is... They
0: fell to four in the state rankings.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, yeah. and that's fair, mm-hmm. um, but I, I still feel like, you know, it'll probably be Argyle, La Vega later on. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh I've got Jonesboro 3, I've got China Spring 4, and Bremont 5. Uh, Conley hovering right outside of those Central Texas rankings, I think uh, certainly capable of getting back in that top five. But back it up. So Jonesboro this week, I, I, I'm puzzled by this. They were, they were number three in the 1A Division one state rankings. Right, right. And they go out and they beat Blum... 53 to 18. Blum, the defending state champion in right. that division. Now right. a different Blum team, but nevertheless, Jonesboro sitting there four and and0 Now they're seventh. They go from third to seventh, and one of the teams above them is two and two. Mm. I think it's Sterling City. Uh, the team that beat Sterling City jumped up above them, but I, it's just it's head scratching to me that you. Continue to win, and you win 53 to 18 over the defending state champion, and you drop four spots in the rankings. Now, They're not dropping in my rankings. Those six man
0: rankings, that's kind of guru driven, right?
1: It is, and you know, sometimes those can be uh, uh, Granger Huntress. He does six man football. It was Granger. Yeah, 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 he does sixmanfootball.com, does a great job with that site. They've been the Bible of six man forever. Oh, I, don't, I don't think you could find a better, like, alternative football... site.
0: Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I mean, would you call six-man football alternative football, or, you know, six-man or eight-man? How would you describe those?
1: Um, Rural nah. football? No, yeah, small town. T- well, yeah.
0: Right, yeah. The closest alternative. football stadium to us sitting here right now is the Live Oak six-man stadium. Yeah, it's
1: true. Alternative so. is probably good. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, but, anyway, you know, yes, may- maybe he knows about some injury from Jonesboro. I haven't talked to Coach Gallegos out there recently, but uh you know sometimes they're driven by that kind of thing maybe seeding you know down the road but uh Jonesboro looks like it's clicking along pretty well so I'm keeping them at three in our rankings
0: okay so we'll come back to uh Jonesboro in a minute okay uh foreshadowing right I wanted to start with the rankings though because I think it leads us into another good discussion um Num- uh, MART is number one in our rankings and in 2A, uh, mm-hmm. or 2A D2, as well they should be. I think they would probably be in the top 10 of 3A Division I. <laughs>
1: yeah, they've beaten several 3A right. Division ones. Right. Uh, but there are precious few teams
0: that have even, even played four games, and the only 11 man programs in the Super Syntex area to get to 4 0 are MART and Crawford. Does that
1: indicate anything to you, if anything? It indicates that Martin Crawford are pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, when you're going into any season and, you, and you're and you talking to these coaches about what they have and what they have back and how they're looking and whatever, Martin Crawford, you know, they're yeah. going to be good. I mean, uh, even in a down year, they're going to still be pretty good. And and I think you could probably throw La Vega into that mix, too. You know, La Vega's not 4-0, but uh, if they had scheduled a little lighter, they absolutely would be. 4 right. I mean, you know, and a little lighter means playing like eighth and ninth ranked teams. <laughs> right. Of, yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, they've beaten those eighth and ninth ranked mm-hmm. teams. I mean, uh, again, it just is—it's it's crazy. LaVega's Vegas schedule. I mean, the fact that they've uh, played four four games against top ten teams—you know—that's that, mm-hmm. impressive. Uh, but, yeah, those, those particular schools, um, you know, are just very consistent. I think it goes back to coaching. Um, you know, Kevin Hoffman has done a, an amazing job there at Mart, and he just has that program kind of uh, – those kids, when they come in, they know the standard uh, that they have to live up to. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, infiltrates the program all the way down to, like, seventh grade, you know. Right, right. And, and I think it's very similar in Crawford. Obviously, they have a new coach this year in Greg Jacobs, but he's been there. And I think he's just kind of continuing what I would call the Crawford way, you right, know, right. just hard nose, discipline, let's not beat ourselves kind of football. And it's not like they don't have good players, too, you know. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you mix those things together. If you play smart, sound football and you have a few players, you can do some good things.
0: Now, the other thing that I was curious about
1: with, with this question, though, is I remember one
0: particular program that I won't name because I'm about to say something sort of anyway. Derogatory? Maybe. A, not derogatory, but, you know, nobody wants to remember this type of thing. But they won their first five games last year. Okay. And I think they lost their last five games. Mm-hmm. Now, I might, that, I might have that, you know, off a little bit.
1: There's, that, always, there's always a few teams like that every year. Right, but there are no teams like that right now. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. Martin Crawford being the only undefeated. Right, yeah. right. And, and is that because people weren't able
0: to schedule who they wanted to schedule? People have lost games. I mean, not lost games, but had games wiped out because of COVID? Or?
1: It's a great question. Uh, I still think, you know, again, China Springs undefeated, but they they aren't 4-0 because right. they didn't get all their yeah, games. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, I yeah. think, you know, we're looking at a lot of COVID factors here too, you mm-hmm. know. Um I still feel like Conley, China Spring, um, Abbott, you know, Bremon. these are some sleeper teams out there mm-hmm. that can still do some damage in the playoffs. I mean, uh, so even some of those, like Bremont has a loss, I still think they're going to be pretty salty. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think... I don't know if I said 11-man
0: specific, but when I mentioned Martin Crawford, those are the only 11-man programs. Yes, okay. Super t- super right. c- deck. So Jonesboro and Abbott that you mentioned are also 4-0. and oh. uh, And when I'm looking at this, you know, when I'm doing the Sunday Rewind and everything, and I think maybe, maybe, just maybe, Jonesboro and Crawford wind up in the state semifinals. What do you think? I
1: mean, Abbott
0: coached by terry crawford
1: i always do that
0: yeah and And, and, and i'm lucky i don't do the same thing with sam moody and valley mills and yes
1: well so valley mills and moody just played each other and uh yeah we had to word that carefully in our little preview in the paper because uh it could be a little confusing when you're talking about coach moody against Against moody Moody. yeah yeah Yeah. so we were careful to to call him coach moody i think on every reference right right but um Anyway, yeah, uh, could Abbott and and Jonesboro maybe meet in the state semis? Sure, they could. Now, um, there are some, you know, some really good teams in six man that that might prevent that from happening. Uh, but I definitely think it's a possibility. Um, to me, Abbott is is uh, resurgent, and they're having a great year. Um, they are also very reliant on Caden Johnson. I mean, um, and, and you could say that maybe about a lot of six-man teams. Well, you could I say guess Jonesboro
0: is looks pretty reliant on Brandon Amelka.
1: Yes, but they've got Sean Hernandez and Wade Foot, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I I feel like they spread it around a little bit more. Uh, Caden Johnson, right now, sitting at eleven 1, hundred and sixty-one rushing yards mm-hmm. at this point in the season. Games. Yeah, yeah, four games. Uh, I believe he's got about 500 more than anybody else in our area, at least uh, in our stat leaders that we do in the paper. Um, So, you know, they've got to keep Caden Johnson healthy. But Mm -hmm. if he is healthy, I think that that Jonesboro-Abbott clash is certainly on the table. Well,
0: you know, you've covered more six-man than I have, and you've, you've watched it closer over the years than I have probably can one guy sort of elevate a team and, and and bring bring other guys on him kind of like you would see in basketball with one great you know point guard or something
1: absolutely i think one guy can elevate a team i think it's hard for one guy to uh, win a state championship i mm-hmm. think you know those teams that win it in six man usually have one stud duck and then you know a couple other Pretty salty players to go along with them you know right you get two or three pretty good players in six man okay now you've got something mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. uh, then you can kind of fill in with just your average kids you know i mean six man. I, one of the things i love about six men is it's for all sizes you know i mean uh, you might have a center that's 150 pounds mm-hmm. you know uh, one of the other great things and to me this is a story we've got to do at some point but you know, the, one of the great things about six-man football is that the centers, that everyone is an eligible receiver. And mm-hmm. so uh, that uh, a lot of times it's good to have a center that not only can, you know, snap the ball okay, but can go out and, and, and catch it. Too. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's kind of the safety valve as far as the passing option goes. Right,
0: right. Absolutely. Well, let's let's shift gears again and go from our smallest schools to our biggest schools. Uh, University in Waco High start up this week. Midway has a scrimmage against Round Rock Thursday or Friday or maybe bowl.
1: Yeah, JV's on Thursday. I think Friday is the varsity.
0: But Midway starts up its season next week against Westlake, and that'll be a fantastic one to talk about next week.
1: Um,
0: Boy, the star power in University's district and then obviously in the District of Doom that the Lions and Panthers are going into with the likes of DeSoto and Duncanville – cedar hill <laughs> yeah uh it, it's just amazing um in fact i was looking at working on preview capsules and i was doing another district that's a 6a district and i was hard pressed to find any d1 commits right and i had just done this midway waco high district and let, let me give you some of the names here uh quarterback caden salter from cedar hill committed to tennessee hmm Baylor fans that happen to be watching the the uh, Friday Night Lights podcast mm. will know the name Roderick Daniels, Duncanville four-star receiver that's committed to Baylor. Mm. Uh, Duncanville offensive lineman, offensive I think he's uh, offensive line prospect. He plays on both lines. Savion Bird is uh, the the forecasts have him. They think he's going to pick Oklahoma, but he's also got Alabama, Baylor, and just the longest you know Power Five list you can imagine. Uh, on, on his recruiting page, and then uh, defensive end Shamar Turner from Desoto has a similar list: mm. you know, Alabama, LSU, Texas A uh, uh, and M. Then, but you, then you go into universities district, which was five five A D two. And first of all, you got Alito, the defending state champions, yeah. and, and maybe have a case for like a, the superpower in Texas right now. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: so. Aledo, the Alito Bearcats by themselves, that's a big name, right? Right. But then they've got a kid named uh, Jojo Earl, who's an LSU commit. And along with his teammate, safety Brian Allen, who's also committed to LSU. However, the biggest name in the district is Burleson's coach is a guy named John Kitna, who you might remember sure. from the NFL. His son, Jalen Kitna, is the quarterback for Burleson, and he's committed to Florida. So... First of all, I just wanted to get all of that out there. It's I think it's just good podcast fodder. For okay. But I am leading up to a question. If you are a high school coach, would you want to play in one of these spotlight, you know, glamour districts? Or would you rather fly under the radar and, and you know, get your motor running against some teams and then maybe make, make noise in the postseason?
1: Look, I think any coach, if they're being honest, okay, mm-hmm. is going to say, Give me the district that I can potentially win. You know, I mean, um, uh, when they're going and grabbing those packets like ravenous dogs on UIL Mm -hmm. realignment day, Mm -hmm. um, they're they're not uh, excited when they see. Oh my gosh, we got to go up against Duncanville and Mm -hmm. you know DeSoto and all Mm -hmm. Uh, these. They want uh, a district that they can be competitive in. Uh, that's not to say uh, Midway won't be uh, in this district, but uh, certainly it it makes it such an uphill climb. I mean, mm. uh, I always remember uh, one of the Johnny Tusa-isms that, uh, that he always said um, and, and he was spe- specifically talking about dropping down a class and realignment and he, right. he would always say, you know, Bryce, I'd much rather be a a big fish in a small pond than a a small fish in a big pond, Right, right. Very Tusa way of saying things, Mm -hmm. but made sense, you know. And I think, uh, again, if you're being honest, you're going to want to play, like, would Midway rather play Temple, Belt, and than Duncanville, DeSoto, Mansfield, all these schools? Sure they would. Right. You know, let's be honest about it. But all that to say... uh, can those other, you know, stud schools make you better and challenge you and sort of like force you to, uh, to get better? Yeah, I think they can. I mean, um, and I am curious, a question for you, when did Duncanville become something other than a girls basketball school. <laughs> you know, because like forever they were that was what they were known for yeah, was like girls yeah, basketball yeah, yeah. and then it is flipped. They are a powerhouse
0: in football now. Well, I didn't know you were going to spring this question on me. Okay. But I was when I was doing that district preview last night toiling away um there's a year where it goes from also ran even mm-hmm. like you know losing season status to what they are now? Yeah, they so just you flipped. You circle that year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if if you had put me on the spot, you know, I would, I would have figured out when their coach got there. And, yeah, well, and all that. But you
1: did put me on the spot, and we may have to edit this. Part. <laughs> it just shows you can't think on your feet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but okay, but if you're a Lido, right? Right. If you're a Lido and they put you in a district with You know, maybe a couple of Fort Worth ISD schools that can't really compete with you and maybe, you know, a couple of, you know, of those northern schools, you know, between Fort Worth and Denton that can't compete with you and you just look at it and you go, this is going to be boring for five weeks.
1: Uh, it's a different question for the Alitos and the Duncanvilles right. and the Marts of the world. Right. Uh, it's a it's the same thing that Mart has dealt with on the smaller school level right. where they've gone and played a bunch of bigger schools in, in non-district just so they can get at least a, a challenge. Then they go into district and they beat everybody 45, 50 to mm-hmm, nothing, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I've talked to Kevin Hoffman many a week mm-hmm. leading up to those little games where we're doing a little preview on Mart versus Hubbard or Mart versus Dawson. And this is no slight on these other schools. I'm not, but they're just not in Mart's caliber, right? And and he well, he, he was struggling on in
0: Mart's caliber, and they're two two divisions up,
1: right? Yeah. he was struggling to, you know. Because coaches have this sort of built-in thing where they've got to praise up the other opponent, and and he would struggle to do that with those mm. those schools because you know when you're in Alito or when you're in Dunkerville and or when you're a Mart against certain schools, unless you just absolutely screw up everything, you're mm. going to win and probably win convincingly. Right, right, right. Um, another uh,
0: interesting take on this is that. You mentioned uh, the temple Colleen district. Now... 12-6A. Right. 11-6A, 12-6A, which means they meet in the first round of the playoffs. That'll be means, fun. Yeah, and, and with uh, the way they're backed up this year, right? Uh, I don't know if our viewers are aware of this, but the 5A and 6A playoffs are going to start uh, in early December, and they're going to run into January. There will be playoff games on December 24th and 26th, right? Now... If you finish fourth, or you don't finish fourth in a 6A district, you either finish first or second in D1 or D2, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're a second-place team in either division, you got a lot better chance of playing to Christmas than you do if you're a first-place team in either division in 12-6A. Agree or disagree?
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I think I understand the question. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it, you were breaking it down for me the other day in terms of a, a potential Midway road to through the playoffs. Right. And, uh, if Midway gets in the playoffs, which I think they, they just, you know, okay, I think that district championship streak is probably in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duncanville is the team to beat in that district mm-hmm. by far. Mm-hmm. Uh, but can Midway get back in the playoffs? Absolutely, I mm-hmm. think they can. And. Um, and then they're seeing their old buddies from yeah. So I think they can probably beat Temple or Belton or you know those schools in the first round, and then uh, and then you're looking at um, you know what who would they play in the second round? We were talking about yeah,
0: uh, a Northern
1: DFW type of team. Yeah. So McKinney or Garland or right, like you yeah. know, yeah. teams they've seen in the playoffs before mm-hmm. and and gotten past so. Um, yeah, it's going to be different this year. Where uh, n- usually making it to Christmas means making it to the state championship right. game. This year, right. making it to Christmas still third a good round. still a good run, but yeah. it's third round. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I've got one more story to tell, but I'll save it for next week. I think you just got an important phone call.
1: John Bechtel from uh, Fairfield. Oh, I, I
0: thought it said Mac Rhodes from. No, okay.
1: it was John Bechtel. So well, maybe we can it, tell the story. It. I, I could have brought John on the podcast. That would have <laughs> been like, fun. Same thing a couple of weeks ago when Kwame Cavill from Wake Ohio was calling. Yeah. So we, uh, just to let our viewers know, we really do talk to these coaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's not something we make up. So. Excellent. Well, that's a wrap for another week. I'll save my good story
0: for next week. All right.